Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Jaded 1% podcast. I'm Dave, and joining me as... I'm Joe. Normal is Joe. And um, essentially what we do when we do this podcast is we are inviting you into our conversation. And so um, Joe and I have been talking for a little bit before actually hitting the uh, record button and sitting down in front of the microphones and putting the headset on. And we don't really know where this conversation is going. We are truly just inviting you to come along with us and uh, see where this goes. So any thoughts, Joe, on that particular? Non-scripted. It's the most fun. Non-scripted is the most fun. And so um, as, as, as we began talking, it's been a um, frustrating week for me. It's not been a fun week of work for me. And uh, Joe and I have been talking a little bit and came to the point of how do we, how do we press on in our faith? How do we press on um, in being a Christian when maybe it doesn't feel like we want to be a Christian or we're not feeling very the human F word feel feel. And so feelings is kind of one of the things that we've, uh, one of the main words that has come up during our discussion for the evening and a couple of verses that are there that kind of linger out there that we'll probably spend some time in are, are Romans 12 and Galatians five. And, uh, we'll get to those eventually, but, um, in essence, I think what we're saying is, is, you're probably like us and you probably don't always feel like being a Christian. You probably don't always feel like you want to do the right thing or feel joy, feel peace, feel the things that as Christians, quote unquote, we're supposed to experience. And so, um, is that okay? Is that not okay? How do you, function in that place? How do you not function? What do you do? And, um, I've already got some of my thoughts, but that's, that's essentially where we're, we're going to head tonight. So anything else? No, that's pretty, it's a good intro. Good intro. Yeah. I like it. All right. Um, so I guess for me, one of the first things that I would just say is, is that, um, Joe and I have gotten together a few times to talk about uh, the jaded 1% and being in military and being in law enforcement and how does that intersect with being a Christian. And I can genuinely tell you that tonight was kind of one of those nights where I was not in the mood. I was not. I can attest. <laughs> bad attitude. <laughs> I had a very bad attitude. and It's okay though. And so I guess one of the first things for me is just that realization of um, talking with Joe and being in the moment of processing how I was feeling that um, in the relatively brief time that you and I have been together tonight compared to the rest of my week, I feel like I'm in a much better place. I think it's therapeutic. I mentioned earlier that um, Lieutenant Der Colonel uh, Dave Grossman wrote, and I can't remember which book, On Combat or On Killing, he talks about sharing, you know, our stories, you know, the stressors that, that, that come 
And, you know, when, when we choose to, to share our story, we emotionally, we no longer carry that burden by ourselves. And so something as simple as a conversation can be, end up being very therapeutic because we're, we're talking about, you know, what, what we're experiencing. So, you know, I, th- I think that's, I think that kind of goes back to, you know, God's design in us that he created us for a community. Um, he did not create us to be um, isolationists. You know, we're, we're made to be together, to, you know, spend time together, to share things together. Um, and so it's important for us to, to engage in those moments that we have together and not hide. You know, that's a big one. And that's something that I struggle with. I hide. Um, and it's poison. It really is. I'm, I'm, I'm at that place where it really is poison because nothing, nothing good is going to come from you hiding from it. So. Yes, I, I absolutely, um, absolutely agree with that. that nothing good comes from hiding. And I know for me personally, that can be a natural place for me to go is, uh, to withdraw and, and internalize a lot of things. And as you were talking, I do think we're created for community. I think we're created for relationship and I'm not going to get super theological here, but one of the things I do believe is that, you know, we, we serve a God, a triune God, there's three persons in one and that, you know, it's very difficult for us to kind of comprehend an eternal God. Uh, it's very difficult for us to kind of understand the three persons in one. The thing that I think is very true though about that is, is that long before human beings came into the picture and long before creation occurred, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit were in relationship together. That was one of the things that they were doing. Um, when our finite minds trying to grasp the whole, well, what was God doing for eternity prior to man pop, you know, coming on the scene. Well, they were enjoying each other. They were in relationship together. And that is truly one of the, um, well, it is a perfect relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not, they're not constantly one upping the other. They are constantly serving each other. They're constantly loving each other. They are constantly, um, glorifying the other members of the, the Trinity. And, I think that's just that natural outflow of why we're created for relationship and community is because of who God is mm-hmm. and three persons, one God, again, not going to go down that road tonight. But <laughs> I think it is a, it, it typifies who he is. So um, one of the verses for me personally, that just seems to be coming up and over and over again is Romans 12. And Joe, uh, you um, mentioned this um, earlier tonight. And so I'm going to just start with uh, verse nine. And then I'll read. I'll read for a while. Maybe I'll read till the end. I don't know. Yeah, I'll read to the end. So Romans 12, uh, verse nine says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. 
be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's so counterintuitive. <laughs> yes. Uh, counterintuitive is an excellent way to describe. Well, it, it goes against everything that we, uh, I think that we initially feel. Um, and maybe that's why I like it, because it's, it's kind of like judging a book by its cover. You know, you, you, you don't know what you're going to get. And I think that's what Paul's trying to speak to in this is that the things that God has in store for us are completely different than what we may have in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and we are so limited in, in our thought processes and how much we can comprehend and how much we can do emotionally or physically or even, you know, spiritually. Um, you know, and this is this way of saying, no, this is, has nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with God. And if you would just do these things, you can be a witness, you can participate, you can get a sneak peek into the true power of who God really is. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- and I think that's why, you know, stuff like this comes up. I mean, you know, I, I read this and, um, you know, when Jesus tells, tells us, love your enemies, who in the hell does that seriously think about your, who your enemy is at this moment in time. And then Jesus says, love them. And what is love? Go to first, you know, first Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. You know, you go through this list of things and that is not where we go. You know, that's not the first place that we go at all. You know, so when, you know, verse 14 says, bless those who persecute you. Wow. You know, it's, uh, you know, being in the military, being on law enforcement, that is a, that can be a really large number of people. I, I think, especially those who are in law enforcement more so than in the military, you not only have those who you are, you know, contending with on a daily basis, but also the public at large when, you know, um, you know, controversial things occur in, in a department and, um, you know, when God, you know, when Paul's writing this, you know, to, a, especially to a police officer, bless those who persecute you. That can be a large number of the population. And, you know, it says bless and do not curse them. Man, that is, that is hard. But I think it also speaks to the tremendous amount of grace and power that God has and wants to display to everybody if we're willing to be obedient. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I just, I, I genuinely have so many thoughts just running through my head of, you know, emotion was one of the things emotions and responding mm-hmm. to our emotions is, is the earlier conversation that you and I had. And so if I think about the emotions that I deal with somebody when it comes to somebody who persecutes me, it is not to bless them. I, I mean, that is, I mean, the emotions that I get, the emotions that I, I feel towards people who persecute me. And I, and these aren't like, and, and even as I say that, I, there's this element of, do they persecute me because I'm a Christian or do they persecute me because of the job I do? And I guess my, you know, if I, I think they persecute me because of the job that I do. So there's a little bit of, okay, does that even apply here? Is is he talking about people that persecute me for my job or is it people that persecute me for being a Christian? Well, you know, Paul's not specific. So I no. think it's a blanket statement saying, bless those who persecute you, period. Right. Doesn't matter what context it is. Sure. And so if I flesh that out a little bit further, there's an element of those who persecute me, yes, are certainly those who are vocal about how I do my job, uh, particularly law enforcement in 2018. Um, but even within the people that do the job with me, there's an element of, and I did not do this. So I had, I had a rough week at, w- at work. And when I say week, it, it's probably not even a fair term to use because I didn't work that many days this week, but, um, it felt long nonetheless. Oh, sure. Um, but if I think about people that would, that persecute me and, and this didn't necessarily happen, but, uh, I'm, I'm having this mental image of, uh, there were, there were multiple, what I would describe bitch sessions this week of, um, you know, people together doing the job, kind of bitching about um, a current situation and how different parts of our society have responded to that. And I am thinking about what if I had in the midst of that said to people, Hey, we are not supposed to persecute those people. We're supposed to bless those people. This is my fellow fellow workers at the job. If I were to stop and say, you know, Romans 12, 14 says, bless those who persecute us, bless them and do not curse them. I'm guessing I would get some pushback from that exact same group. I don't know if I'd call it persecution, but I would definitely not. I don't think the response would be, yeah, you're right. We should be (laughs) blessing these people. (laughs) I think there'd probably be some four letter words that would be said and and even as I say that, I'm not, I don't even want to pretend like I would, like I'm the high road or I did the right thing. Cause I was fully in, immersed in that conversation of um, cursing those people versus blessing them. So yeah, this is, so this is just like, I, you know, anybody that says, okay, so shifting gears, a bit of a tangent side note here. Anybody that says the Bible has nothing to do with our everyday lives today clearly is not spending the time reading it 
and digesting it and asking God to speak to them through it. Because this single verse, Romans 12, 14, um, to me, man, I could camp out there for days on end of what does this really mean to bless those who persecute you and do not curse them. Because confession to Joe and the rest of you that are listening, that that is not what I did this week. I did not bless those who persecuted me. Um, if anything, I cursed them, like genuinely cursed them. Like I, I think if I had to examine my heart and where I was, it was like, as far as I'm concerned, they can all go to hell. Um, I don't think that's, I don't think that's any different than anybody in, or any human being in any other job. I think that's pretty, probably not. It's no. probably pretty, it's pretty normal. I think that we have as human beings, these natural reactions to, you know, our surroundings. And I think that's why Paul's addressing this is because I think he's, he's really addressing the human element here and we, and we miss it so easily. And the human element is we have initial reactions in times of trial. And he is saying that there's more to life, to faith than just that. And, you know, when I, earlier, when I said this is counterintuitive, um, you know, Paul is a, is a transformed man. Mm -hmm. I mean, because he was the persecutor. Oh yeah. That was, I mean, that was his job to be the persecutor. And so he knows firsthand, you know, what it's like to live on both sides of this world. And I think that's, maybe that's why this has so much more volume than, than we give it credit for is that this is being written by a man who did exactly the opposite of what he's writing. And now, you know, he had this conversion and he, he is truly changed. And essentially it's almost like a confession. He said, I was wrong. Don't do it. In fact, do the opposite. And I think, again, I go back to this really speaks to the power of who God is. Because there is nobody in their right mind who used to do this as a profession to persecute Christians, who is now, especially in this day and age, who is going to change his story and say something completely opposite of what he used to do. Or even now, for a matter of fact, I mean, I mean we're, not, we're not blind to what's going on in politics or, or society. I mean, I mean, this is not normal. And I, and I think that, you know, maybe that's something we should pay attention to, you know, because normal is working out so well for us, right? Mm. And yet we have this longing inside of our hearts for something more. And then when we get told what more is, we resist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that human element, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, this is hard. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do yeah. this. I mean, it's, it's easy for me. I, I'm, I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast or not, but, um, you know, I play soccer on Sundays. Um, and there was another team that we were playing against and they were speaking Farsi and being someone in the military that was, I was, as soon as they started speaking, I was instantly angry. I, I was, 
there was a lot of stuff that was going through my head, but I didn't, I didn't want to, and I know they weren't being in my head. I know they weren't being malicious. They're talking about the game. They're talking about each other. They're, they're, they're goofing off just like, just like me and my teammates are. Mm -hmm. They're just in a different language, but emotionally I was upset. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've had friends not come home from overseas. Mm -hmm. And so hearing that language, I was maddened by it. No legitimate reason. But the last thing I wanted to do was pray for them, bless them, you know, wish them a good game afterwards and say, Hey, you know, have a good night and rest of your weekend. That was not what was on my mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I read this verse and that, you know, that comes back to mind thinking, Oh gosh, I was such a butthead. Yeah. You know, I just, I want to be a good Christ follower, but I wasn't. That was the last thing I wanted to be. So verse 16 says, live in harmony with other, with one another, not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight. Hmm. And I personally, I'm not a big fan of social media. I have multiple reasons why I'm not a big fan of social media, but it's here and it's currently the climate where much of what we do and, and even our faith gets played out. And mm -hmm. one of the things that's just coming to my mind right now is on social media, Facebook in particular, I am seeing Christians on different sides of a particular topic. And I'm not trying to get political here, and I'm not trying to say one side's right or the other. Well, in fact, I, I think that's exactly what I'm saying in terms of I see people have their position on this particular topic. And there's very much this, what I believe is the right way to believe, and what you believe is the wrong way to believe. And if you believe this, then there's no way you could be a Christian. And they're in both sides are, are using scripture to support their position. And this is, this is not just amongst Christians on social media. I mean, this is a national level, a, a, something that the government is doing, that the president is doing, where they are now defending their particular position with scripture. And that, Last sentence, never be wise in your own sight. It's just kind of like flashing at me in terms of how often do we all do that? We just sort of have this like self-righteous kind of anger, this self-righteous uh, defense of our position that what I believe is the right way to believe and the way that you believe is the wrong way to believe. And neither, neither side. It's taking time to rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Neither side, in my opinion, I'm probably a bit off and wrong myself, but I don't think I'm observing either side making an attempt to live in harmony with the other. And I, and I believe I'm seeing both sides thinking that they are wise in their position 
Oh, I can't remember which verse. It's in Romans, but claiming to be wise, they became fools. You know, I think that's that's man's way of thinking. When we allow ourselves to become the issue instead of God to become the issue. It doesn't even matter what the issue is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, it, you know, in, in all of this, I think that if, if God is not the center, if Jesus is not the center of what we're doing, then we're going to, you know, and this isn't to say at large. We, I think sometimes life is moment by moment, but, you know, if God is not the center, if Jesus is not the center of our moment of our day, whatever it is, then yeah, we're going to be persecuting other people. We're going to be cursing them. We're not going to rejoice when we should be. We're not going to be weeping when we should be. We certainly aren't going to be living um, in harmony with one another. Um, you know, it, and I think especially in, in, you know, these professions, you know, military law enforcement, um, you know, Verse 16 says, but associate with the lowly. That's not what we want to do, and we won't do that. Um, you know, repay no one evil for evil. Yeah, right. We're going to do it. We're going to figure out a way to do it. Um, you know, but give thought to what is honorable inside of all. We're going to try to get away with something that not when people aren't looking because we're angry, we're frustrated, we're whatever it is. And, you know, living peaceably with, with one another it's not going to be our top priority. And the reason it's not going to be our top priority is because God is not our top priority in the moment. He is not our top priority. Um, you know, recently, you know, when we had a get together, um, you know, one of our friends said, you bring to the situation what is currently going on in your life. So if you're not at peace, you're not going to bring peace. Um, and he's absolutely right. You know, if we are Christ-centered in the moment, then guess what? We're probably going to be bring Christ to the moment. doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean it's going to be this, you know, Zen moment. But he's going to be more centered than, than without the moment, than, than if we weren't centered on him at that moment. Um. This is this is directional. Everything points back to God, and if we're not centered on Him, then it's selfish ambition all, all the way around, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that one of the words that has has come up in our in our, in our conversation, and I think during the podcast you've said it is, um, it's counterintuitive. It's not what our natural response is in. Um, as we're talking, I, I have, I have a couple of different thoughts. One, one of the things that you and I've said from the beginning, as we've talked about doing the, the jaded 1% is we want people to be authentic. We want people to be real. We don't want them to put the mask on. We don't want them to feel like they have to be something that they're not. And so I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, our feelings are real. They are. And so I don't think we have to negate our feelings. I don't think you have to even sort of make this effort to suppress your feelings. I think it's much better to go, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling. 
and I'm going to acknowledge that this is who I am and this is where I'm at. And, um, I, I, I think that's the way the night began with you and me of me just kind of being like, I'm this pissy mood and you're not going to change me and I'm not going to get there. And, um, I don't feel like you made any effort to, to like go, Oh, snap out of it. Just yeah, no. And I, I didn't, I didn't even want to change you. Right. I just wanted you to give, I wanted to give you the opportunity to, to talk about what you were experiencing. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that, um, as you and I are talking now, even with the microphones on of just anybody that's listening and is struggling with this, it's like, you can't completely, um, root yourself in your feelings and get stuck in your feelings and dwell there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we are not asking, nor do I think is God asking you to deny how it is that you're feeling. I don't think he's asking you to suppress those. I don't think he's asking you to, um, be a robot, be a robot, or for that matter, do the whole, like, Oh, I'm going to pull myself up from the bootstraps and I'm just going to do better because, uh, it's really just not, it's not possible for us to do that. Um, and so one, I'm thankful for Joe and, and you not doing that to me tonight. Uh, two, I want to validate anybody that's listening is kind of in that place. Um, and I really, when it comes down to it on, on so many levels, I feel like Christianity and, and trying to be somebody that follows Jesus and his teaching and his life is much simpler than what we make it. Oh yeah, totally. And I feel like there are three things that we all should be doing. Um, Instead of making this effort to, I'm going to be better, I'm going to do better, I'm going to change myself, I don't even think we really need to do that. I think one of the first things that we need to do is we need to be in community, which is kind of where we started our night. And that's, you need to be with other people that desire to know God and desire to pursue Him and desire to have a life that honors Him. And then two, I think the other thing that we do is we get into Scripture, we read the Word, what does God have to say with us? And when we come across verses like Romans 12, 14, hopefully, and it's different for everybody, hopefully you come across that verse that is convicting. You come across that thing that makes you go, I don't do that. I want to be different. I want to be more Christ-like. I want to live my life for him. I want to have an eye on eternity. And I don't want to get kind of mired down and wallow in this crap that I'm in. Um, and that happens through community, reading his word, and then prayer. And this is probably a topic we'll eventually get to is prayer. But one of the thoughts that I just, I think is, is that if I could say anything about prayer, it's to just be honest and genuine with God. Um, let him know how you're feeling. Let him know, like you can tell God, I don't desire you. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to pray. I don't want to be in this, this, you know, and it's okay to say, God, I, I just, that's it. But when I look at the totality of everything, the reality is, is I do want you. And I do believe that you are who you say you are. And I do believe that you died for my sins. And I do believe that you're the creator of the universe. 
change my heart, bring those people into my life. You know, our, our prayer can often be, um, I think we can beat ourselves up over sins that we commit. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of those things that we can do is we can just go to God and just be real and say, change me, change my heart, put people in my life that help me uh, to change, help, help me find the scripture, help me find the things in your word and the Bible that will um, change me. But the reality is, is I'm not there. I struggle with this. I, I wrestle with this. And, you know, you and I've had this conversation so many times of just, I think certain things get elevated to the top that don't really matter, like using four letter words and, you know, just, just stupid things that are more surface when it's like, no, I need a heart change. Yeah. You know, it's not, I need to cuss less. It's God, if, if that's something that shouldn't be in my life, then change my heart, you know, bring that, change that to me. So I, I I don't want to preach too terribly much, um, but want to open the dialogue and the discussion of, um, one, the jaded 1% is, is for all of us to be real and honest about where we are. Uh, we serve a God that transforms and changes us. And so we don't want to stay where we're at. We want to move in a positive direction that he has for us individually, but we don't have to deny um, who we are. And I've completely forgotten what number two is. It's <laughs> like one and then two. Ah, yeah, I don't remember what two was, but. Well, I think that, I think when we're just honest with God, it's just, he, he, he really is a God full of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. and I think that, you know, it, you know, God is not a, a uh, he, he doesn't really force himself on us. You know, he's, he's, he wants us to be an open relationship where it's, it's give and take back and forth. You know, we, we, you know, we're in constant communication with him. There's this exchange of, you know, in the relationship back and forth. And so I think that, you know, when we're, when we pray and we're honest with him, it allows, you know, we, um, in a sense, give permission God to enter into that place because he doesn't want us to be little robots. He wants us to be, an open relationship with him. And so I think that, you know, when, when, when you said, you know, when we need to be honest with God, it's just, it's just allowing, um, a two way dialogue, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you're not, uh, I mean, he already knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not so much being honest with him as it is being honest with ourselves. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, definitely a part of it, but I think there's this open acknowledgement of just saying, just let's talk about it. You, you don't need to hide from this. I know already, but it's engagement. And maybe that's part of it is that, you know, when we engage in prayer, that he's just saying, engage with me, just mm-hmm. talk. It can be anything you want. Yeah. I'm not going to shame you or condemn you with what comes out of your mouth. I just want you to be in conversation with me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I am the creator of the universe, the multiverse. I got it. I can handle it. Yeah. Just let me have it. And we'll go from there. And that's fine. You know, so, you know, I think that's, that, that's part of it. I I, I think that's what a lot of this is when, you know, as far as prayer is concerned is that it's, it's just, it's a simple conversation. We complicated. 
Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. You just talk to him. He's like any dad, really. Yeah. Just talk. What do you want to talk about? Anything. I'll yeah. talk to you about anything. And um, maybe that's kind of how this starts. You know, maybe you're not comfortable talking about some of these things with, you know, out loud with somebody else yet. You know, guess what? God's a safe place. I mean, you don't even have to open up your mouth. You can do this all in the quietness of your own heart and your own soul. And it just, it still works the same way. Um, but I think it kind of goes back to what you said. It's a heart condition. When I don't want to bless those who persecute me, that's a heart condition. When I want to curse people instead, that's a heart condition. When I don't want to love my neighbor, that's a heart condition. You know, it, all, all sin stems back to one issue. It's all heart condition mm-hmm. over and over and over again. It's the same thing. You know, and no matter how many, how many times we talk about this in a podcast or whatever the topic is, it all goes back to that same spot. It's a heart condition. And the fix is Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. So it seems simple, but yet it's not so simple. <laughs> We complicate it. Yeah, we definitely complicate it. So, absolutely. All right. We We, probably ran over time. (laughs) No, we're good. We're good. So, but I think we're kind of at a natural sort of, we'd love to hear from anybody that's listening. Um, Truly, we would. Joe and I have shared our part. And if you've, found us and feel like you're, um, I don't know what, if you find this time worthwhile that you've actually spent almost 40 minutes listening to us talk, um, you know, if it creates a thought in your mind and it's a discussion that you want to kind of expound on, you know, our, our website, we've got an email. I mean, truly, I would love to get an email from anybody continuing the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something that we're we're shy of. You know, we're we're going to keep talking about topic after topic after topic. Um you know, and this is let's face it, it's not an easy career path to be in. No. So, um you know, we're just hoping that we can maybe give words to those who don't necessarily have it and if you know, we created a thought in your mind and you want to share, by all means, you know, yeah. we'd love to hear it. And if you don't tell us, engage with somebody else. Yeah. You know, do something with it. But you can certainly engage with us at the jaded1percent.com where the jaded and percent are spelled out <laughs> words. One is the number one. So the jaded1percent.com. Um, at the site, you can find the podcast uh, that, we do. You can also find our blog. Uh, and so we'd love for you to leave a comment there on the website. Um, or if you want to email us where you feel like it's a little bit more private and not just anybody, um, that comes to the site can see what you're saying. You can certainly email us at the jaded one percent at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And it's T H E the Jaded, J-A-D-E-D, 
numeral one and then spelling out percent P E R C E N T at gmail.com. So the jaded 1% at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love from here from you. We'd love to get your input. We'd love to, um, topic suggestions. Yeah. And if you disagree with anything we've said, we'll certainly embrace that and engage with it as well. So thank you so much for, uh, giving of your time and listening to us and, uh, we'll talk to you later. See you guys. Bye.